Okay, so I'm working a bit through this book because I felt it was important to come back to some of the things. So we were tackling the glory. So I leave the glory for morning services. Hallelujah. But first thing that I need to say before I carry on with the dimension, I want to carry on with the dimension of faith tonight. But before I go there, just want to make you aware, for those who don't know, maybe, that the world in which we live is spiritual. And you need to understand that you cannot succeed in the natural if you don't master the spirit. You need to understand that everything around us is spiritual. Things are decided in the spirit realm before we can feel them in the, in the natural. God decided to create the universe before it came to pass. So your life is influenced by another dimension. And if you don't know how to operate in that dimension where life is influenced from, you lose in the natural. You bump your head against the wall all the time and you think things are not going well for you. You need to understand that God himself created the invisible. He created what we call the supernatural. And the supernatural, it's, in, it's a realm above the natural that controls the natural. You just need to know that. Hallelujah. And God created it. Bible says that in the beginning, God created the earth, the heavens and the earth. The heavens. You don't see heavens with your naked eyes. But it's there. Hallelujah. No one can say, okay, I'm going to travel to heaven just and come back. You can use all scientific method. You will never reach heaven. Because heaven is not far as you think. Heaven is a door away from you. Those worlds run parallel. Hallelujah. So today you are in a natural, an accident, you step behind. <laughs> Do you understand? So life is spiritual. Say that with me. Say life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Now, if you know that life is spiritual, you cannot tackle life from a natural point of view. And if you do so, you frustrate yourself. You don't win a victory in the natural if you don't win it in the spirit first. Yes. You need to understand that. There is no success in the natural that does not proceed from the spirit. Every idea is first in the spirit. You know, the man that created the aeroplane, aeroplane was in his mind before it was designed on earth. And that's what we call the spiritual world. You know, you cannot succeed in business if the business is not in your head first. Hallelujah. I have my son here, he's studying to be an architect. You don't design a house that you don't see in your mind. How do you draw the house that you don't see in your mind? What you draw there is a picture that was in your mind. So you make your mind visible to us when you do things. Because your mind cannot be seen. And remember, the mind is not the brain. The mind is the spirit of the brain. You need to understand that. As the spirit is the spirit of a body, the mind is the spirit of a brain. So a physical brain can die, but the mind cannot die. Hallelujah. And the mind 
is composed of what you call the soul of a man. Hallelujah. Your brain can be treated with medicine, but your mind cannot. The only thing that can treat your mind is the word. Because the word is spirit. John 6, 63. He said, the word I speak to you are spirits. So only spirit can deal with spirit. Natural deals with natural. You can treat a cancer with medication, but the life of a cancer cannot die because medication cannot kill the life. So for somebody to succeed and, and overcome this type of thing, you need to successfully kill them in the spirit. Can I submit to you that even the witches understand this principle I'm talking to you more than the church? Yes. Yes. They kill somebody that is still walking. And they know that in three months this guy is dead. While he's walking, they have taken the life out of him. And the church is ignorant of those realities. You just go to church, you warm up the pews, you sing, and nothing happens. Because we are not walking by the principle of the supernatural. Remember, whatever we call provision, it's all byproduct of the supernatural. Hallelujah. God never created men to work for food. Never. Working for food came as a result of curse. Read Genesis 3. He said, from now on you work. The sweat of your eyebrows before you eat. That was the result of a curse. When God created men, food was already there. And there was no season. Amen? Amen. Because I said in the book here, if there was a season, Adam would have waited before he eats. And remember, Adam was not created as a baby. He was created as a grown man. So, the baby idea is all part of the fall. Because in the, in the context of the supernatural, God wants men to do everything with his word. It, your, it was your word that, were, that was your weapon. When God said to Adam to cultivate the earth or the garden, he didn't give him tools. When he said to Adam, look after the garden, what tool did he give him? Adam had no tool except for his word. How do we know that? It just, you just need to read the Bible. In Mark 11, when Jesus wanted to kill a tree, what did he do? He spoke to it. So if Jesus can kill a tree by speaking, he can also prune a tree by speaking. So, so in the supernatural, the idea of God was words. In the beginning was a word, and the word was God, and the word with, was with God. And nothing that was created was created without the word. For by the word, everything existed. So the word was a substance. So, so you need to understand. <laughs> when you are a man of the spirit, you know that you have been you have been brought back to the first idea of God. Watch over your words. Hallelujah. 
So you need to understand that the supernatural works like that. Hallelujah. I made the way for my life through the Holy Ghost, through my word. Yes. Yes. I understand what's in me early in life. Yes. Yes. Because I understood that if God could create the universe with words, then I wonder why did he give us a mouth? Why did God give you a mouth? You must read the book of James. He said the tongue is a small element like the rider of a big boat that turns the boat wherever he wants to. So it means that your tongue is the rider of your life. Ah, and your tongue turns your life wherever he wants to. So when you start to speak a certain way, you don't need to plan your life will be like that. God said, let there be light. People come to Jesus. He said, don't, what do you want? They say, we want to be healed. He said, be healed. Finish. Jesus, understand me. I'm not against medication, the statement I'm going to make. Okay. Jesus did not use medication. He used his word. And I say it again, I'm not against medication. I'm just saying for the context of the preaching. Because people online where they can catch this word and they say, you see this guy, he says people shouldn't take medication. I didn't say that. I'm saying that Jesus understood so much the power in his words. Because the Bible says, with your word you shall be condemned or with your word you shall be justified. Mm -hmm. Because salvation is upon your word. If you believe in your heart and declare with your mouth. So, believing a lot alone is not enough. There's a confession of faith that needs to be made because when confession is made, confession is made unto salvation. I, I, I win the supernatural. So, you need to understand that this world was designed and arranged by words. Jesus was the word. <laughs> when the angel came to Mary, he spoke the word to Mary. And when Mary received the word, the Holy Ghost used it, and Mary became pregnant. So you need to understand that the supernatural works like this. It works as the way I'm talking to you. When you stand up in the morning, your first words have power. His mercies are new. Every, oh, you don't check what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> the mercies of God are hanging and waiting for somebody that can download them. There is no name attached to it. You make your way as you go. The blessing of the Lord don't come with name, tie, uh, name tags. <laughs> they come and only those who are in the spirit can acquire it. He gave you grace to sleep. So that tomorrow morning you have, chance, you have a chance to say something better. Because when you spoke this day, you messed your day. So he said, you're going to sleep. I'm going to give you another chance. Tomorrow morning I'm waiting for you, waiting to what you're going to say. So when you woke up from your bed, oh Lord, this is the joke. I don't understand. I'm trying to say to the people, they don't understand. They think this is prosperity preaching. I say, yes. If it's prosperity, God is prosperous. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And prosperity is not money. 
Money is a tool. Prosperity is not money. Money is a byproduct. So what I'm trying to tell you is that when I say I'm prosperous, I'm not limiting. It's too small to limit my prosperity to money. Because there are something money cannot buy. No, money cannot buy everything. Money can help you up to a stage. But when the doctor tells you, we can't do anything anymore, you can be a billionaire, it is finished. There are some stuff in the world that money cannot solve. Uh-huh. Money does not, although, although the, the, the man Solomon said, money answers to everything, he was talking in the context of a human mind. Hallelujah. Prosperity is the state of your soul. Prosper as your soul. Prosperous. So you need to understand that your words are very important. Say to your husband, your words are important. Say to him, thank you so much. So as a man of the spirit, you need to understand that talking is not just talking. Hallelujah. We are made in the image and the likeness of God. God is not just talking. God makes things happen by his speech. Hallelujah. When God said, let there be light, that was it. Nature understands that when the master has spoken, we must come together and make to pass what he said. For God cannot lie. Do you understand that? God cannot lie. Somebody say God cannot tell a lie. Mm -hmm. I explained to you, do you know why the Bible says God cannot tell a lie? Because even if God tells a lie, that lie will be the truth. Do you understand? If God can come today, he said, you are not a woman, you are a man. Your whole body will change to be a man. To respect what God said. So it's impossible for God to tell a lie. So if God says you are blessed, even when you are broke, you are still blessed. It means that your circumstances will have to align with what God says so that God can be right. True. So whatever God declares upon you, that's what the truth is. Circumstances will, lie, will have to work toward what God said so that God will not be found a liar. When God says something, everything changes to respect what God says. If God can say the, jacket, the black jacket is red, that jacket will turn red. Because God says so. So God cannot tell a lie. So whatever God spoke upon your life, that's it. Ooh, it cannot fail. My God, it will never fail. That's why I told you, when I want to do something, the only person that can block me is me. You are your worst enemy, not the devil. Because the only person that can stop you from doing what you want to do is you. It's not the devil. The devil has no authority to stop you. He has no authority. I'm not saying he has no power. He has no authority. There's a difference between power and authority. You must understand that power does the work. And authority controls the work. Amen. 
You see, when you are in the house with your children, you have the authority. They have the power. So when you say, pick that cup there, he has to go and pick up the cup because authority has spoken, power needs to align to do what authority says. Mm -hmm. So the devil has no authority over you. You, are, you have all authority over him. When, when, when you speak, he needs to go and do what you say. That's it. I said, that's it. Do you know that the president of a republic cannot beat all the people? But when he gives an order, this big police guy, they run the streets because the president has spoken. His authority, they, are, they have the power, he has the authority. Rather has the authority than the power. Because power is a position. Power deals with position. Authority deals with strength. And power deals with position. You must understand that position controls strength. Yes. Position controls strength. When the general of the army comes, all the soldiers line up. He said, push up. This guy will push up. But if he was not general, and he wants to fight with that guy, the guy will beat him probably. Hallelujah. But because he is general, when he speaks, you can do nothing else but obey. God has given you power and authority. He gave you both. So in the supernatural, you have authority. It's a position. And you speak from that position of authority. When we say to the devil, get out. We are not shouting. We are giving a command. And the reason why he obeys is because he sees the authority in us. Because the authority that we have received is Christ in us. So when I give an order to the devil, he hears Christ. He does not hear me. He hears Christ. Supernatural. So you can, you can control what is happening in the spirit and thus allow it to align with the natural. You are quiet. Because the reason why Paul speaks like that and it does not happen, they don't have the understanding I'm telling them. They just told them, speak positive. So they are speaking, they are speaking, they are speaking. It has no roots. Remember in the supernatural, understanding is key. Anything that is done without understanding does not work. Although the principle is right, but the understanding is wrong. So today I'm giving you understanding from where you are speaking from. And you're going to shift things around. I say you're going to shift things around. There is uh, one of the daughters that need a bursary. And she came for prayer and said, who is the guy that's supposed to sign for a bursary? And we said the name of a guy. So I stood here and I spoke to him and he gave a bursary. Without cell phone. Eh, Gabby, she came to me. She was a job. I said, who is that guy that's supposed to give you a job? The guy is sitting in where? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. I was sitting in the Ribosdale. 
And I said to her, don't worry, let me speak. And we spoke the word. She got the job. Jesus said, listen, the centurion, when he came for his servant to be healed, said to Jesus, you don't need to come. For I'm a man under authority. And I said to one of my guys, go and he goes. And I said to this one, do that and he does. And you just say the words. And And Jesus says, I have never encountered so much faith in Israel. Why? Because faith works with the understanding of authority. Anyone that does not understand the principle of authority does not understand faith. Because faith works with the principle of authority. So the man was saying to Jesus, healing is a being in the spirit. Healing is it's a being. It's a, it's a, it's the Bible talks about the host of heaven. Hallelujah. So healing and those things are bodies in the spirit. So healing, when God says, be healed, the, the, the agent of healing enters you. And you are healed. You must understand that the Bible says, goodness and mercy shall follow you. These are beings. Yes. Yes, these are angels. <laughs> so when God says, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, he's talking about the beings that are responsible to dispense mercy and goodness. So he said, they are the one that will follow you. There was a man that booked his flight. Oh, I love his testimony. He booked his flight in the United States. And he was traveling with his family. When they came to the airport... And they present the, the ticket. They say, we have, a, have a two members of your family. He said, no, we are, it's us. And let's say, I, I, don't, want, I, I don't want to talk about surname because I can't even remember. But let's say he's called, uh, what's the surname? Let's say, uh, Underwood. Uh, American, they have those names. <laughs> I stayed in the house of Underwood, so that's what I'm saying. So let's say, their name is Underwood. So they said, you are so and so Underwood, yes. This Underwood, this Underwood, yes. But who is mercy Underwood? Who is goodness Underwood? They are booked together with you. So from that time, I know goodness Yao is with me and mercy Yao is with me. So we travel together. And I have no fear when I'm on the roads. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. These are angelic beings. But they are dispatched for the word. So you need to know that authority, faith works with, your, with the understanding. of. So when the men say, just say the word and it shall be done, Jesus understood these guys have bought into the mind of heaven. He knows what he's talking about. You know when I speak good air, healing will come. It's an, order, it's an instruction. I have spoken. He cannot stay but go and do what I've said to him. They say, at the very hour Jesus spoke, the man was healed. The man didn't hear, but his body responded. What happened between the distance and there? The angel of the Lord went to the house. 
These things are not complicated. You need to understand, it's not complicated. Sometimes we make it difficult. We think it's like a, a, a nomen land where it's just true, it just happened. No. Why do you think God created angels? Why do you think God created them? They say angels are servants of the Lord. Have you read the book of Have you read the book of Hebrews that says that are not angel ministering being that are sent to minister? Oh, I think it's Hebrews one. Let's let's go there. Huh? Hebrews one. Read from verse thirteen to fourteen. Hebrews one. Can I have that on the PowerPoint? Because my uh... is there anyone there? Okay. And to which of the angel he has ever said, sit at my right side until I make your enemy a footstool for your feet. Yes. Are they not all sent out to? You read it wrong. It didn't say sent to serve those. That's how you read your Bible. You skip words. Put it there. I will explain to you why you speak we keep words. Because you were taught like that. So you are not reading, you are reading what you were taught. You are conditioned to read like this. He said, Have not all ministering spirits sent out to serve or to minister for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Not to serve those. They serve for. I want you to hear what I'm trying to tell you. They are not serving you. They are serving for. They are taking care of business for you. Angels are not sent to minister to you. They are sent to minister for you. Ah. Hallelujah. How do they minister for you? They minister with the word you speak. So what happens is that when you say, I am healed, you cannot make your body being healed. So they use that word and they minister for you. So angels are set to minister for you. The reason why they are inactive is because there is no word that dispatches them to work. So they are there and they, they look at you. When I'm depressed, they are standing there. They don't understand what does it mean. What must I do now? What, uh, uh, he's depressed. What, uh, 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 uh. And demons understand that. So they press you down so that you can be more depressed. And angel, you think, oh, angel. No, you need to speak the word that dispatch them. So, so when you say it, in the name of Jesus, according to his word, this is done. Whoa. They go into movement. You have angels around you that are not active because you don't know they are working for you. You think they are just, there are many ranking of angels and there are many divisions of angels. Not all angels are standing in heaven worshiping. No. The Bible says that these little ones do not, do not what frustrate them because they angels are on the face of God all the time. So you think when you go up, both angels are gone. 
He said, very angels. I'm talking about the supernatural. Okay? Number one, words. Word and word. Word dispatch everything. Dispatch angels. And, and I want to take it a bit deeper. That your angel looks like you. Yes, it looks like you. Let's say elaborate. Okay, yes. In the book of Acts 12, Peter was in prison. Hmm? And when Peter was released, and the girl said, it's Peter, they said, no, it's not Peter, it is. Now, if there is no resemblance between them, what they say it is. The girl said, I'm hearing Peter, they say, it's not Peter. Surely it's angel, Peter's angel. That's why most of you, when you are dreaming, you say, you saw me praying for you. Why you saw me? I was sleeping. I was not awake. You understand? I'm not a witch, so I'm not going into your dreams. But there's an angel assigned to my life that does not sleep. <laughs> so while I'm sleeping, he's busy. He knows you are under the shepherd, the care of his ministry. So if he comes with another face, you will run away. So he comes, he comes as me. Because he looks like me. How many people had dreamed where I was praying for them? Where I ministered to them? You see? I didn't know about it. So I have nothing to do with that. It's the angel of the Lord that is assigned to my commission. It's that angel that is assigned to my commission that is going around. We had a case like that in, uh, uh, how do you call that place? Mm. Where pastor, that pastor you want is coming from? Vepener. I had a crusade in Vepener a few years ago, or years ago. And there was a guy that had a kidney failure. He was from Lesotho. When he came to Vepener, the posters were there. And he wanted to know where was the crusade. I said, didn't you read? The crusade is over. He took the poster. And he went home in Lesotho. And at night, he put the poster on the bed. And he was trusting God. He said, Lord, this man came. I was not there. I want you to heal me. The man said, I didn't say. The man said, at night, you came to the room. He said, when you came through the door, I was shaking. Because I don't know how you knew my house. He said, you look at your own poster, you look at it, and you put it on my back. He, he said, I fell from the bed because I shook so much. The next day, when he went to the hospital, there was no kidney failure in him. I was not there, but the angel of the Lord. I'm telling you there. Listen, the reason why I'm preaching this tonight, because I told you in the morning there is a new thing that God wants to do. Uh-huh. Now I'm elaborating in those new things. Because some of you may not understand. When I make proclamation, there are new things. God is saying there are angels that are going to be dispatched. Angels of this commission, my God. Hmm, that are going to be dispatched to work for you. Not, not work, work for you. Because we are in that season. There's an angel that is called restoration. And an angel that is called divine. Hey, hey, hey. So, so, there. They're going to be unleashed in this season. I have to go to places. Yes. 
And if the church does not understand that, the church is missing out. Why the children of the devil are prospering in business? Children of God are just losing. And they think it's normal. It's not normal. I declare to you tonight, it is not normal. I want to tell you, Sammy, the day Jesus decided to do business, he succeeded. You are quiet. There was the day where Jesus did business. He said to Peter, give me your boats. And he preached from the boats. He occupied the boats. Peter gave, gave him the boat, and Jesus turned the boat into a pulpit. And after Peter surrendered the boat to him, he finished to do it. He said, now I'm going to help you in your business. And he said, let's go fishing. Business. Ah. Jesus was involved in that business. He said to Peter, now throw your net to the right side. Peter said, no, master. No, it cannot work. We are fishing the whole night, meaning it's the wrong time to invest. It's the wrong time to invest. He said, nevertheless, at your command, he threw the net to the right side. And that was the biggest catch in Peter's life. Do you understand that Peter was a businessman? Fishing was a business. Jesus got involved. You need to understand that the Lord wants to get involved in your business. Come on. The Lord wants to get involved in your workplace. The Lord wants to get involved in your marital life. He wants to get involved in your studies. He wants to get involved. All he asks you, give me your boat. Mm, Give me that boat. That boat that you are using, surrender it to me. And let me ride with you for a while. Use that boat for the gospel. Use it to proclaim the gospel. Use that boat to bring glory to my name. Use that boat. And after you have used it, he will say, now cast your net to the right side. Because now you have done what you need to do for me. I need to sustain your business. Ha! That's why. If you are not clever, you will not succeed in business. Let me tell you, the moment you say, my money, it was my money, you failed. Uh-huh. Because if that money cannot be used for the glory of God, you, you lost. The boat was Peter's boat. But when Jesus said, give me the boat, he didn't say, winner, it's my boat. He said, let's go. And when Jesus stood on that boat, it changed the story of that boat. From a bankrupt boat... <laughs> to, over, <laughs> to an overflow boat in a way that the boat was sinking a boat that was broke overnight God wants to change your situation just overnight hey <laughs> you need to be clever so that the supernatural say the supernatural he said to Jeremiah Jeremiah 1 5 Jeremiah 1, 1 he said before you were born I knew you mm-hmm. I have written about you to be a prophet to the nation. I'm calling you to align to what I say. <laughs> and, and Jeremiah, remember Jeremiah had a career. Yes. The reason why Jeremiah fought the calling is not because people think he does not like prophet. No. He had a career. He was born into a priesthood family. And in those days, a priest is not just a preacher. A priest is the one that is a banker, is the judge, 
The priest was the custodian of the value of society. So Jeremiah was supposed to step into that position, handling the affairs of the temple, standing at the gate and doing judgment. He had a career profile. And God said, come and be a prophet. He said, you mean I'm screaming the street all the time? I'm born to be in the temple, to handle the money. Because the money was paid to the priest. So we were like the bank. Amen? So Jeremiah had that career, and God called him. And he had to step away from the career and come to what God told him. And when he did that, he entered destiny. You are not more clever than God. So what you think is not better than what God thinks. So when God asks you to do something, please understand, he's wiser than you. And you can submit what he says. It will go well with you. So, so, so in the supernatural, there are, there are many dimensions, but in this book I dealt with three dimensions. The dimension of the anointing, the dimension of faith, and the dimension of glory. Now, I'm doing the glory in the morning. I did a bit of the anointing last Sunday, but I want to go on the dimension of faith because we are talking about words. You understand that they say faith is the substance of a thing hoped for. Hebrews 11, 1. Now, you need to understand that faith is your connection between the visible and the invisible. Faith makes possible the invisible and transfers it into the visible. Faith is not just to say, I believe. Faith is bigger than that. You see, it's a substance. It means you can touch it. The Bible says, and Paul saw that the man had faith to be healed. He could see it. So faith is not just a believing system. Faith is more than that. Faith enters the realm of conviction. Because anything you believe, you can be taught out of it. But what you are convicted can't change your mind. Conviction comes to the realm of knowing. That's why Paul said, and we know that we are more than God. He didn't say we believe. He said we know. It means that even you wake me up in the night, I know. Faith is a knowing. Do you know you are a woman? Now, if somebody comes to you and says, no, you are a man, you won't argue with that person. You will think something is wrong with his mind. That faith. You have, you have passed just believing. You are persuaded. Persuasion. You are persuaded. So when you are persuaded, faith establishes the invisible into the visible. Now, we all say is, my God. That by faith, they overcame. You know that faith calls you to stand in trials. The reason why you are not giving up is faith. You have come to know that the light affliction for the moment are producing a, far, a, a, a weight of glory far exceeding to what you are going through now because you are convicted. I say you are convicted. 
You see, when I came to Bloomfontein, my God, now I'm making reconnection. I was staying at Naval Hill, around Naval Hill, and uh, I didn't have a place to stay. So it was a tough time. I was helped by people, but it was a tough time. At a stage before, so every morning at five, I'll open the window. And you know where I was looking, where my house is now? I tell you the truth before God. I open and I said, Bloomfontein, I will have a house in you. I was saying it every morning, every morning. When I got my house, I didn't even think of that. I got the house in the location I was pointing. And I started to point in that location in 2005. I only got the house in 2022. It took me 17 years. I opened the window because I was at the fifth level and, 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 and that place where I was, it, it was looking toward the premiere. And I was speaking in that direction because there was no any other direction. It was a small window. I said, you, you'll be open to me. I will have a place to stay in you. I spoke it first. And when I have to get a house, I look in Bloomfontein, I couldn't find a house. The only house I found was in the location I pointed. Mm, the premier can be glad I didn't take his house. <laughs> and that's my testimony. And God knows what I'm talking to you is the truth. I can take you to La Triomphe, where I stayed, and you can see there was no any other opportunity but me to look in that direction. I spoke it forth and I believe in my heart. I didn't have a cent to get a house. But I know, I said, Bloomfontein, you will be open up to me. I will have a house. Hallelujah. And I said, I will start a work of, for God in you. You have no right to say no. If you, if you knew the permit I had that time, you would think I was crazy for somebody to speak like that. And God turned that permit into a permit that can allow me to do what I'm doing. People know me at home affairs. In those days, when I get there, they call me by name. Hallelujah. Because no bribery. I say, I will get papers. Get papers. I will get papers. I asked my spiritual father, I said, Dad, pray for me for visa. He said, I can't pray for visa. I said, what do you mean? He said, why do you want a visa? God sent you there, you want to work on visa? No, I can't. I'll pray for you to get an ID. I said, Dad, please, let's start with a visa. <laughs> he said, he said Nilve, let me pray for you. Say, give you the ID, South African ID. And that was it. And I got an ID. I got the papers for all my children to get IDs, including me. Without bribing a single person in home affairs. It is possible. When God speaks, even the people need to align to what God says. I'm talking as a living witness. And I see what God can do if you can believe him and walk the way he wants you to walk.
all things are possible. So faith establishes things that are in the spirit, in the natural. Hallelujah. You need to understand that when God said to Abraham, your name shall be Abraham, meaning father of the nations, when he spoke to, that, to Isaac, Abraham like that, Abraham didn't have a child. Abraham went to Sarah and said, from now on, you will not be my princess anymore. You will be Sarah, not Sarai. And from now on, I'm not exalted father anymore. I'm father to the nations. So from now, you start to call me father of the nations. And so, Sarah, uh, yeah, but we don't have child. He said, from now on, this is my name. So when Abraham walked in the neighborhood and they say, Abraham, they were calling him father of the nations. He didn't have a child. He confessed that for 25 years. Walking around, I'm the father of the nations. Akasa. He, they say he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He saw it, but he knew it was not a factor for him. Because he was spoken as power to change everything. So when he looks at Sarah's womb, it's dead. But God said, it will be have a child. So he said, I'm Abraham, you are Sarah. So the two of them, they were walking around. Abraham, Sarah. Abraham, Sarah. The Bible said, when the fullness of time came, oh my God. God visited Abraham and he said, it's time, Abraham. Sarah will have a child. And at 99, the womb opened up and Sarah bore a child. I'm here to tell you nothing is impossible to a man that believes. It can take the number of years it can take. When God's time comes, everything will change. And suddenly people will think, what just happened? The enemy of your faith is discouragement. Because you say, but for how long? But keep on saying it. And keep on believing it. You know, when you are alive, it's a statement from heaven that your destiny will still happen. And it's a statement that God tells you to be alive. You know, how many people know soccer? Soccer or rugby? You know, at least you know a sport. Where they play. When the coach still trusts you, he leaves you on the field. When he feels that you can't anymore, what does he do? So when you are alive, it means you are still in this game. <laughs> it means that the coach of heaven knows that you can still play your portion. So he will not take you out unless you fulfill what he said to you. Life is a statement that God still trusts you to be here. So he's coaching you so that you may do a good run. I'm telling you the truth. You are alive because heaven trusts you. So that's why when I watch a game, the players that are on the field, I know they have a coach's trust. A coach will not put a player he does not trust. Hallelujah. So you are alive. It means heaven trusts you. Hallelujah. The supernatural does not work according to human limitations. I will stop for tonight. It does not work according to human limitations. You need to understand that you are in a body that is limited, but your spirit is limitless. Your spirit knows it, but your body creates the limitation. Hallelujah. The moment you mount up and you drop the limitation of the body, you can know it. How do you do that? First of all, I want you to change this. And this is radical. 
And it might sound crazy, but it's true. I want you to say, I'm not a human being. And last time? Mm-hmm. The reason why you say that, because the Bible does not say you are a human being. The Bible says you are a new creation. If there is a new, then there is an old. And who is the old? Human beings. And who is the new? The guy that is born in the spirit is the new. So you are not a human being. You are a new creation in Christ, created in the likeness of Christ, meaning the limitation of human being don't fall on you. I've come to realize I'm not a human being. I'm a spirit dwelling in this body. That's it. But I'm a new creation in Christ. A new creation. The Bible talks about two creations. Uh, when you talk about new and old, the Adamic and the Christ-like. You see, there is a seed that comes from Adam and there is a seed that comes from Christ. Amen? The seed that comes from Adam is called the sinned generation. And this is the seed that God said to Satan, you shall eat up sin. You shall eat sin all the days of your life. Genesis 3. But when it comes to the new creation, he said to Abraham, there is a generation of you that will come that will be like stars. Amen. He said you will have two, one from the saint and one from stars. When Jesus was born, what verse he first? <laughs> they say, where is the king of a Jew that is born? Because we have seen Jesus was the firstborn of the generation that I'm talking about. The reason why Satan has no mastery upon him is because he was not from the Adamic. He was from the Seed of God. So you, if you are still from the Adamic, you have a problem with Satan. He said, he say, as we have born the image of the first man, we shall also bear the image of Christ. So now, Christ in us, the hope of glory. You are walking this earth as an ambassador of Christ. Hey, greater is he that is in me than the one that is in the world. I'm not a cheap man that will die anyhow. No, I refuse. I'm from the generation that said, my time has come. I'm not from the generation that's sleeping without, we are dead. No, I'm not from that generation. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have come to understand that, that I'm from Christ's generation. And can I surprise you that when they make the genealogy of Christ, the last name is Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen? They start with Adam. They stop with Christ. Do you think after Christ, no one is born? In the natural, yes, people were born after him. But in the spirit, he didn't put another name because you have to fill in yourself. So you can say, I'm the brother of Christ. After him, it's me. I proceed from the seed of Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. That's how you talk. I am blessed. I am, I am loaded with the benefit of heaven. Money is no factor for me. Ah, no, it's no factor. You don't need to have the money, you just need to control it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
so, so, so as a new creation, you need to understand that from tonight, you are functioning in the supernatural. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I'm feeling the supernatural. Say, my wo- I understand my words are important. Hallelujah. Amen. So now when you wake up in the morning, my God, you say, oh, I'm awake. <laughs> this is a blessed day. Everything I set my hands upon shall prosper. I will call a generation that is not as if it was. Hallelujah. I walk in divine favor. Favor is my name. I walk with divine escorts. I'm walking with divine escorts. You walk like that. You walk like that. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. That's the way it is. I spoke to a doctor one time. I think I confused the man. <laughs> we were there. And he was asking me, are you a businessman? I said, yes. He said, what line of business are you involved in? I said, we do everything. There. Yeah, in universitas. He said, what do you mean you do everything? I said, no, we supply any kind of goods. (laughs) He said, what do you mean? I said, can I explain to you? It ranges from oxygen (laughs) to body parts. (laughs) He said, said, I've never heard about such. I said, no, we can supply oxygen to people. My wife was there, my children were there, so I won't tell stories. So my wife told me, tell him you are a pastor. I said, why? <laughs> the guy was confused. And I said, no, I can t- introduce you to my dad. I think we can give you a better job than what you are doing here. <laughs> Until I leave, I never told him what I was doing. I said, if you want to meet my father, that one is easy. I will introduce you to him. But your patient that can't breathe, I can help them. Amen. I say we'll supply oxygen with lungs just like that. They don't need to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. That's how I talk. Don't you know that your father supplies oxygen? Amen. So am I lying? We supply oxygen. My father does. Body part, yes, we supply. Hallelujah. I've been a witness of supplying body part. I was part of the process. Uh And the testimony came. There was a woman in this ministry that didn't have a womb. And she came here, we lay hands on her tummy. A womb came. Yes. Yes. They came to me and said, oh, she's menstruating. The womb came back. So I'm part of body parts dispatch. We can dispatch body parts. That's the thing. That's the truth. <laughs> eh? You also, you have a testimony. Eh? Somebody couldn't walk. You can say we are part of strengthening legs. That one we can do. And then the best of all, 
we can take you from human nature to God's nature. That's a miracle. We can create regeneration in you just like this by explaining to you the process. And when you buy in, you are born again. That us, a new people, a new breeds that God brought on this earth. Devil does not understand us. No, he doesn't understand us. Because if he has understood, he wouldn't crucify Jesus. He does not understand you. You are the one that takes yourself cheap. Me? No. He takes my coke. Uh, <laughs> my wife told me, don't drink so much coke. I said, no, I stop. I don't drink coke anymore. From time to time. Now I drink again. So, <laughs> we, we were in the house. That was a few years ago. We were, it was me, my wife, and our son, Ephraim. And we were standing in the kitchen. So I pour coke. I put it there. And we went out. We came, the coke has gone. I said, devil, <laughs> if you don't bring my coke here, you are dead. So we left the kitchen. When we came, the coke was there. My wife said, are you going to drink it? I said, he brought it back, Moss. I must drink it. <laughs> See, are you not afraid the cup disappeared, came back? I said, ah, I told him to bring it back. If he poison it, you shall drink anything deadly. It shall not harm you. Not afraid of that one. I'm praying that tonight your mind will change. I say there must be a mindset in you that is able to, to speak realities into being. Hallelujah. You speak realities. It's all these things that the Lord gave me that I put it in a book format. There are many informations in there. So I'm trying to give you the understanding of how to walk in the spirit. Because you will not, if you are a human being, you are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I read a book, a scripture in Revelation that scared me. They say, woe to the people of earth because the devil is coming there. <laughs> Have you read that? Woe to the people of the earth because the devil is coming to them with great fury. I say, I shouldn't be here. I understood that if I sit in Christ in heavenly places, I'm not here. So I decided I'll remain in Christ in heavenly places. So I want the devil mess up with you guys. We are not here. We are sitting in Christ. Jesus, far above all principalities, all titles, because the Bible says the principalities are being created by God himself. He's the one that makes the principalities. And then we sit above them. So tonight... Is your time of breakthrough. Say, it's my time for breakthrough. Hallelujah. You understand those things right now. It's your time for breakthrough. That husband of yours that don't want to listen, you can talk to him tonight. Not physically. Yes. Yes. There's a preacher I used to like, Idaosa. There was a woman that came crying, say, my husband left me. He said, what is the name of your husband? The woman said, John. He said, John, come back! <laughs> John was in the other state doing business. He, went, he was in the boardroom and he said he's going to we. When he got to the bathroom, he heard, John, come back! He cried and came back to his wife. He said, I don't know what happened. Somebody told me to come back to you. John, 
came back. Now, they went to see Idaosa. And, and Idaosa said, John, what happened to you? I don't understand that. <laughs> I was, there was a voice that was so powerful. Told me, come back. He said, that voice, how does it sound? He said, it sounded like a voice. <laughs> he said, what time did you hear? Around 11, the woman said, it's at that time that Papa told you to come back. The men cry came back. So I'm calling all those John in your life. That, that I'm misbehaving. In the name of Jesus. I'm saying in Jesus' name, stop misbehaving. If there's a John that is a drunkard, I close the tavern for you in the name of Jesus. You stop going there. By the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. You need to treat your wife like a princess, like a queen. John, listen to me. I don't know if his name is John. In the name of Jesus. I say, in the name of Jesus. We, we make correction in the spirit. Wherever your mind was taken, we command right now that you may have a right mindset in the name of Jesus. Any person that's in affliction to you, I speak to him now. In the name of Jesus, change your attitude towards the child of God. You have no business troubling a child of God. You change now from this instant. Let my voice go in the name of Jesus. In the offices, let my voice resound in the offices. Let that boss understand that you are a child of God. I command right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to the unseen realities. And I say, shift in the favor of a child of God. In the name of Jesus. I command that business. Understand me well tonight. I'm speaking from the platform and the altar of God. And I say, you work in favor of a child of God. Now, in the name of Jesus, you have no right to say no because I have spoken. Elijah could say, it will not rain unless I speak. He stood on the strength of God. Close up the heaven for three and a half years. And the book of James tells us Elijah was, Elijah was a man like us. So I stand on that unction in the name of Jesus. And I command the closed doors. Open up in the name of Jesus. Open up in the name of Jesus. Let my voice travel to you and make impact against you. And say you open up in the name of Jesus. Let that person change his mind toward you. In the name of Jesus, right now, we activate our voices in the spirit. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. I believe in the name of Jesus. Therefore I speak that your situation is changing tonight. Tonight. That person will not sleep unless it changes his mind towards you. You say, where do you take that from? I took it from the book of Chronicles. The Bible says, the sleep was withdrawn from the king. So that he can think of Mordecai. He couldn't sleep because of Mordecai. He did not know Mordecai. But God withdrew sleep from him. He was turning in his bed until he took the book of Chronicles. He read about Mordecai. He said, who is this one? They said, it's Mordecai. He said, let's bless him. I withdraw sleep from the one that is supposed to bless you. In the name of... Until he remembers you. Until he remembers you. In the name of Jesus. So that we open your book of Chronicles today. I say, I open your book of Chronicles. In the name of Jesus, I open the archive where your deeds are written. I open it for you so that whatever you have done for God shall stand as a memorial that my God, we ratify it tonight. We sign it 
into law tonight. And we say, in the name of Jesus, we sign it into law. By the power that rests upon us, the Holy Ghost, we change the situation in which you are. In the name of Jesus, they shall come against you with one way. They shall be scattered with seven ways. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy right now. I prophesy the goodness of the Lord upon your life. Maybe it has taken many years and people think it will not happen to you. I stand on the altar of the prophetic and I stand on the wings of prophecy and I speak forth a turnaround for you in the name of Jesus. I speak by faith right now that your situation is changing. It's, it's changing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So that your situation may know that a man of God spoke. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the, there's a turnaround. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is saying, what you proclaim as hard has become easy. Listen to me. What you proclaim as hard, what you proclaim as difficult has become easy. Because the Lord is working in the situation. Whatever people have opposed you for weeks, for years, for days, it's changing in your favor right now. And then it's changing. It's changing in your favor. 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 I speak forth the word upon you. My God. Father, you carry us with the winds and the wings of prophecy. And right now, I stand in obedience to your word. And I say, it's time for your children to experience prosperity in their lives. It's time for them to experience breakthrough in their lives. For too long, people have cried. People have struggled like the people of Israel. They cry under the yoke of the Egyptian for 430 years. But at the appointed time, you send Moses with the voice of God. And he said, let my people go. Father, this is the appointed time for your people to be let go. So in the name that's above every name, I said to your situation, let the, 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 the child of God, let him go. Let her go. Let him go. Let her go. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your anointing right now in the room. The Lord, is, the Lord is saying to me right now that what you have heard should change your life. If you apply what I told you, nothing will be able to stop you. Hallelujah. I said nothing is, will be able to stop you. Even you will respond to your dream because your dreams right now are too small. You are afraid that, that it will not happen. You are afraid that what men say, that what will happen. I'm here as a messenger of God. And I say, expand your dream. Stretch your mind because you, start, you serve a big God. You serve a God of the impossible. You serve a big God. You serve a big God. You know, many years ago, we had a meeting. You stand like this. And I was preaching. There was about 20 people. And I said to the people, how many people am I preaching to? They said 20. I said, no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. Not only I see 20,000, I see 100,000. They say, what do you mean? What do you mean? That many years ago. Last year, I preached on faith TV. That evening, there was 300,000 people listening. Wow. I spoke it. I said, I spoke it. The same mouth is speaking upon you right now. I don't know who believes what I'm saying, but you will reap of the fruit of what I'm saying. You will see with your own eyes things changing around you. You will see that what was dead is coming back to life. 